Again, happy Easter, y'all. Congratulations. We made it through Lent. Isn't that awesome? I mean, I was, I don't know, I was pretty happy. I gave up meat and seafood for Lent, and so after the Easter vigil, I was pounding sandwiches like there was no tomorrow. I didn't even eat breakfast, I was so full. Guys, we are so blessed to be Christians. We are so blessed to be Christians. Amen? Amen. Guys, the God that you and I share, the Christian God, is a God unlike any other God known to men. The gods invented by men did not care about us at all. Quite the contrary from the Christian God. Our Lord and our God shows us today that he isn't in this business just so he can get stuff out of us. He's not here so that he can take our sacrifices, so we can take our, our sheep, so we can take our goats, so we can take our accomplishments, so we can take anything. No, what God shows us today is that he's not concerned with taking, but he's concerned with giving. And while you and I look at the death and resurrection of Christ and we see the obvious that by the death and resurrection of Christ you and I were wiped free of that awful original sin that would lead us all to the depths of hell while that is certainly true God gives us dare I say even more than eternal salvation albeit not much more what I want to talk about today is not nearly as important as the unbelievable fact that you and I have been saved the fact that you and I have been graced by the fact that Christ has risen from the dead and has paved the way to eternal salvation. No, God gives us something else. Something minuscule, yet to our society, something vitally important. And that's why I want to talk about it. Guys, what the Lord gives us, believe it or not, is something called psychological health. In today's reading in today's mysteries what we celebrate today is the primary way for you and I to experience that serenity that we all seek the psychological health that seems to be so lacking in today's age in a day where teens are committing suicide where eating disorders are through the roof and where where psychotic I don't want to say psychotic I forgot what that's called medication that that mind-altering medication is at an all-time high Antidepressants, anti-anxiety medication, these things are very, very common. I think it's due to the fact we all have such, such bad psychological health. And if you ask for the, one, the main culprit, dare I say, is this culprit known as world communication. The ability to communicate with every single one of us in, the, in an instant. And this is most manifest, of course, in that thing called, known as social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, these things have led to, albeit a beautiful way of communication, can lead to a very, very sad experience for many of us. With these world communications, girls can tend to have a very tough time. Because what happens is they're not just compared to those around them in the, just their local community, but now they're being compared to Hollywood actresses and to other actresses all throughout the world which means it can lead to a very, very low self-esteem. It could also mean that the ability of a man isn't compared just to the other men around him, but also to those world-class athletes, the world-class businessmen, the world-class people 
make us feel inadequate, make us feel like losers, because we don't have the skyscraping tower in New York. We just have a small, modest home, or in my case, a tiny little townhouse up there. My point being is that these world communications, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, can make our ordinary lives cloaked in malaise. Because our ordinary lives can so often be overshadowed by the wild and extravagant accomplishments, not just by what the rest of the world does, but even, dare I say, what our peers do. How often do we feel down because we have been fallen guilty of comparing and despairing? And the reason why we're down because of this, the reason why we experience that malaise, especially whenever it comes to social media, is for this reason. You and I are comparing our backstage activity to everyone else's highlight reel. You and I end up comparing our backstage activity to everyone else's highlight reel. That is everybody else's accomplishments, everybody else's greatness, everybody else's goodness. And that's what's so beautiful about the resurrection. Guys, the Paschal mystery that we experienced it from Good Friday to right here and right now, Jesus turns that whole thing upside down. What Jesus does is he takes his highlight reel and he puts it at the very top of it. He puts it at the peak, the climax, an ultimate failure. A most shameful act, the cross, a crucifixion, something that criminals received, something that was designed to shame people into never ever committing those crimes, whether it was rebellion, whether it was blasphemy, whether it was murder, whatever. And that is the throne that God took. God could have made anything the pinnacle of his highlight reel, anything. And yet he chose the ultimate, most shameful execution device known to mankind. He chose a cross. But that is not the end of the story. No, God went on to do something even greater. See, men have done great things all throughout, man, all throughout human history. Napoleon's conquered many nations. Alexander the Great had the greatest empire there was. Genghis Khan's empire stretched stretch throughout the world. Many men have conquered many things. But none of these men have ever conquered death. And the crazy part about it is that the throne and the platform by which that man conquered death was completely invisible to everyone else. There is not a single person in the entire world who saw the resurrection. Not a single one. Totally secret. Which, dare I say, is what he did whenever he rose from the dead in that obscure, tiny little tomb in Jerusalem. Was he baptized? Not our highlight reels, but our backstage activity. What he did was he turned our views upside down. He turned the world upside down. The world which glorifies vast, great accomplishments. The world which praises people who have these great songs, or these, you win Super Bowls, or do other things, make lots of money. What Christ did was he brought down the mighty and he showed, no, that is not what's most important. What's most important is what happens not on your highlight reel, but what goes on backstage. And how beautiful is that? Guys, every single one of us has a backstage. Every single one of us has something that we do 
Every single one of us needs to act, to live, to eat, to sleep, to visit with our friends, to visit with our family, to work, to do things, to do things that the world looks at and says are boring. And what Christ does on this most sacred day is he takes those boring experiences and he says, that's where I am. That is where I have chosen to be. That is where I have sanctified. You know, what blows my mind too, though, about, about this whole thing is how Christ handled his resurrection. The way Christ handled his resurrection was that he rose and he revealed himself to a select group of people. That shocks me. That shocks me. He could have done whatever he wanted. He was the Lord. He could have gone up here to Pontius Pilate and said, yeah, guess what? April fools. <laughs> I'm alive. You can't put me on a cross. You can't put me down. I'm the Lord. He could have easily done that. But he didn't. He could be right here, right now, giving this sermon way better than I could. But he's not doing that. Instead, he's empowering his priests and his church to do just that. And that is what's so beautiful. That is what is so beautiful about the resurrection. Guys, in the resurrection, what Jesus Christ does was he baptizes a, a, a virtue, a thing that the world curses. And you know what that is? That is this thing called obscurity. Obscurity. That's this hidden basic virtue where there's no need to be praised, there's no need to be glorified, there's no need to be on top of the world. And the beautiful thing about his obscure nature was that whenever he rose, he did not need to be the center of attention. Whenever he rose from the dead, he empowered Peter and the 12 apostles to go and speak for him. That's obscurity in its finest. Oh, being okay and being comfortable with taking the backstage and allowing his children, allowing his friends to take over. Guys, that is the height of virtue, and that is exactly what God the Father does for us. Guys, God the Father is a person of the Trinity that has no liturgical days. When do we celebrate the, the, the triumph of God the Father? When do we celebrate the fact that God the Father created the world? He doesn't. What God the Father does is He reveals the gift of obscurity to you and I. And He allows the Son to speak for Him. And He allows the Son to glorify. And what God the Son does is He then gives that power to you and to me to spread the gospel. He then gives us that grace. He then gives us that beauty, which goes to show that the message of the gospel is not going to come by great, grand highlight reels. It's going to come by the basic example that you and I live in our daily, ordinary, dare I say, boring lives. But there's something that we can do to enhance these lives to introduce the resurrected Christ into the daily mundane tasks that you and I are tasked with. And it's by doing something that the world sees as the most mundane thing ever. And that is prayer. In prayer, you and I take not just the backstage of life, but the backstage of the spiritual life, where we no longer are concerned with worldly matters and go into the depths of our hearts and do something that you and I can never even understand. I've been praying for years. I don't know how it's really panned out. I'm going to be honest. I mean, the Lord's blessed me in a million ways. Was it because I prayed five Hail Marys one day and six Hail Marys the next? I don't know. And neither do we. 
Neither did any, any of you, dare I say. But the facts of the matter is, in that prayer, which you and I become comfortable with, is the fact that our highlight reels are not all that great. The fact that our backstage activity is nothing to really post on Facebook. The fact that our random, boring, everyday lives are just that. Just that. And yet, Christ shared in that everyday life. Christ gave us that everyday life. And that's why he came down and became man. To give you and I a beautiful opportunity to become like God. And that is to share in something that nobody would ever expect. That is to share in his obscurity. His ability to take the backstage, let somebody else go forward and spread his word. And so, my dear friends, on this Easter Sunday, may you go out and embrace that gospel message. The gospel message to, to live out the backstage of your life. To live out those ordinary daily events all in the name of Christ. Never, ever, ever forgetting to pray. Never, ever, ever forgetting to go to Mass so that you might truly be at peace and attain that psychological health that God has promised us. The ability to no longer compare and despair, but rather embrace and rejoice in the ordinary daily things that the Lord gives you and I. Have a happy Easter.